Jesus. 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 How sweet the sound, how magnificent the name, how miraculous the sacrifice that changed the world forever. Celebrated as the king with cheers, excitement, laughter. He's coming. He'll save us. But then the darkness knocked on his door. He opened it. He let it in. He didn't save himself from torture or death. This was his blood. This was his body. Poured out for everything I'd ever done. He was laid in total darkness. We were alone, without hope. We thought it was over. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. There is no grave that can hold him. That immovable stone moved. Dark grave filled with light. He came back for me. He overcame everything I couldn't. My sin, the grave meant for me. The penalty that I was supposed to take. The end of me now has a beginning. His triumph, his death, his reign, his heart. He conquered death. And the miracle that was meant for the whole world is also the miracle just for me. Just for me. Just for me. Jesus. How sweet the sound. All right. How many's ready for the word this morning? We already got some word right there. You know that last scripture he just read was power. Go to the city and you're going to receive power. You know, and we read in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And that's, that's what I want to talk about this morning is with the resurrection is that word power. See, there's many things that we can say about the resurrection of our Lord, but that's one word we have to talk about. That's one word you can't leave out. And that one word, power, power, that mighty working power. Let's go to the Lord in prayer just one more time. Father, this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is here in this place. I thank you that our hearts would just be open to receive what you have for us here. Lord, I thank you that you are working inside of each one of us here. Lord, and if there's anyone here who does not have your power working through their life, I thank you that after today, they would leave here with that wonderful, wonderful working power. Lord, we just thank you in that mighty power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, the thing is, is that I was sitting yesterday and I was listening to the kids do this and I thought, man, I should just read their script again. Because, you know, that's a, it's exactly how so many of them felt and what happened. And the thing is, is that they didn't understand. Those that loved Christ, those that were in love with him, those that had seen Christ, who received children with gladness, who had done so many good and wonderful things. Why, why was this man going to a cross? Why was he doing that? And we know that he did it for you and for me. And it's because he loved us. But there was also, and it was, it was more than that. 
It was because he loved us, but it was even more than that. It was so that we could live a victorious life. So that we could live in a way that no one else before his cross and his, him going to the cross and before his resurrection, that no one else had lived. It's a different, totally different life. To be able to have a freedom and a liberty that no one has ever experienced before. At all because he loved us so much. And see, the thing is, is the power that was present when Jesus rose from the grave on that first Easter Sunday morning, it's immeasurable. You can't measure it. The power is so great, you can't even fathom it. Well, you start to think about how powerful the God of the universe is. You know, I've been at the movies a few times. I love, I love superhero movies. If you heard my preaching before, you probably heard. I like superhero movies. I don't like the coming-of-age story movies because those are always full of, I just, you know, I can't take it. I just can't take it. I'm like, y'all are stupid. And, and I have to repent because I'm like calling them names at the TV. Because I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I know what to do. Fall on your knees and give your life to Christ. That's what I, you know, I'm just wanting to get out of my seat. Like, you know, you don't need to be with that guy. You know what I mean? You're doing what you're not, you're doing stuff you're not supposed to do. You know? But the superhero movies are different. I like those. Because the good guy, like, always wins. You know, at the end, you feel good walking out of the theater. And the thing, whatever superhero you can think of, whatever comic, you know, all of those powers and stuff. And, you know, I, I've heard different ones and they, you know, they'll, they'll debate on who's the best superhero. The most powerful superhero has the most power. The thing is, Jesus trumps every single one of them put together and then some. All of them. And if you go home on your, you know, computer and you pull up Google or Yahoo or whatever you use to do a search and you type in list of superheroes and you go to one of these, I mean, there are so many that man has come up with, but not a single one can match our God. Not a single one. And there's thousands of these superheroes out there that, you know, man has come up with and, and, and put out there. And I think it's great and it's fun and it's, you know, all of that. But the thing is, the infrastructure of sin, death, and Satan and hell was exploded upon by the power of God because of the resurrection. And our God always wins. He is the greatest. And what he did for us, I will always be thankful. The power found in the resurrection is intended to be encountered with a first-hand knowledge, a first-hand experience. You're supposed to experience it firsthand. I remember back when I was young, uh, it was early 80s, I'm trying to remember exactly when, and I saw this video game system in the store, and I thought, this video game thing is so cool, and it was an Atari. And I remember the little thing flying around and you moved it. And I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing. And I told my dad, I said, I want this, I want this bad. 
And so he was talking to the people there about the video games. And so we decided to get an Intellivision set instead of an Atari because the Intellivision was supposed to be better. Little secret, Atari's better. Anyways, but we got Intellivision. And let me tell you, it was cool. And I thought it was the best thing in the world. And I love my dad. He got me an Intellivision. He said I could have it. And I had this thing, and it was just so awesome, the experience with my first video game. My first video game. And now I look at what the kids are playing now and what I'm playing now, and it's like, I was happy with Pong. (laughs) You know? And now, what they have now, it's such an experience, an incredible experience. And Daniel, who's not here today, but he runs our soundboard, you know, many times. And he came to my house and he put one of these virtual reality things on my head. And, and he has one of these virtual reality systems. And I was blown away, church. I don't know if you've ever put one of those on your head. We're not talking the cheesy ones with the phone in it. Those are, I'm sure those are fine. But this is like one of these HTC Vive things. That's what they call it. And it it goes on your head and you have earphones and it's hooked up to a computer. And when I stuck it on, I was like, wow, this is cool because I felt like I was immersed in this environment. And it was so cool. I was experiencing something that blew away every video game I had played. And it definitely was a huge step up from doop, doop. Okay. This was an experience. And the thing is, is the power of the resurrection is supposed to be experienced in your life. And let me tell you, as cool as it is, when I put that virtual reality headset on, as cool as that was and as awesome as it was and as the experience so much, there is nothing that I have experienced that has been greater than the power of God working and moving in my life. Nothing. Nothing can compare. When I laid hands on someone and they were healed and watching the tears go down their face. I, I, I couldn't imagine. The first time I led someone to Christ and I saw how free they were on the, and the change that it brought to their life. The man who walked in my office one day and was riddled with addiction and we prayed and dad and I laid hands on him and from that moment forward he never picked up another joint. He never drank again because of the power of the resurrection working in my life. And the great feeling that I had when that took place, it's immeasurable. I couldn't measure it. I want to read to you, this is what Paul was talking about in Philippians. And we read this passage a few weeks ago. We're going to go just a little further. Can I preach this morning, church? Amen. Philippians 3, verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ... More than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Let's stop there a moment. See, before Paul was writing about all the things he was and the accomplishments, and he was very accomplished. And all the things that he'd done, we could go through the list, but for the sake of time, we won't. And what he was saying right here is that I count those as rubbish. It's rubbish. I've suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish 
I put down my son. In other words, all of that stuff doesn't matter in comparison to this. That, that, in verse 9, I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness was com- which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him. And this is where we stopped last week, but now we're going to go a little further, that I may know him. All this, I counted all that loss that I may know him and the power of his resurrection And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. In other words, he went to that cross for me. So I'm denying all these things so I can serve him. And just so that I can know him, I count all those as lost. But not just know him. This is the good part. The power of the resurrection. This is what Paul was seeking after. This is what his goal was. This is what he was trying to do. I'm going to deny myself. I'm not going to count all of these things as more important. I'm going to count all those things as basically garbage. It's all rubbish. Rubbish. It's all, in the King James it says dung. You know what that is, right? I counted as poop. I mean, that's really what he was saying. In comparison... And I do that so I can know Christ and the power of the resurrection. To gain Christ, you've got to count all those things as rubbish. This word power. See, Paul wants to experience this in his life. He doesn't want to just know about it. He knew when he wrote this, he knew, yes, Christ rose from the dead. He wanted to experience the fullness of the power of the resurrection. And the only way that he could do that was to lay down all these other things and lay down all his crowns at the foot of Jesus. So Jesus then could lift him up and the power of the resurrection would work in his life and move in his life every step that he take. Every step that we take, we should be walking in the power of the resurrection. This word power in the Greek, it's the word dunamis. We get our English word dynamite from this word. Dynamite. Yes. It speaks of something mighty, miraculous, and infused with the mighty works of God. Why do we need the power of the resurrection? Because no amount of good can outweigh our bad in God's economy. You can, try, you can be good all you want. It won't outweigh the bad. You need the power of the resurrection. You've got to have it. You can't earn your salvation. No amount of money can buy off our sin debt with an eternal payout. <laughs> you know, we can't do that. How many's ever paid off a debt in here? You've ever paid off a debt in your life? Any debt? How did it feel? Good. See, you can't pay off your sin debt yourself. You can't pay it off with money. You have to have the power of the resurrection. No amount of service can earn your salvation. It's unattainable. It's unattainable on your own. The scripture says that you are the righteousness of God. And that's only because of what Christ did and the power of of the resurrection. This is why it's important to understand that number one, the power of the resurrection is a gift. It's a gift. 
This kind of life is one that must be received as a gift. If you want to live a life walking in the power of the resurrection, you've got to receive it as a gift by faith. It includes a powerful love of the one who came and gave his life for us. That's what Easter's about and how he rose again. The explosion that defeated the enemy. Sin's destruction couldn't hold it back. Number two, sin's power is no match for Jesus' resurrection power. See, this is the thing. I was talking to someone the other day on the phone and because he had messed up, he wasn't going to pray. You know, he wasn't, he, he was so depressed. He was so down. He couldn't pray with me on the phone. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna get off the phone. You're gonna have to, you take care of that tonight. You go to sleep and tomorrow, then we can pray. You know, then we can talk. Because he was so upset and so, you know, despondent. He was even saying, I wish I had died back when this happened and that happened. It would have been better for everybody and everything. I wish, you know, this, I wish that. Just getting down into the depths, being all upset because of something he had done. I said, well, I don't like the way you're talking. I just told him because he knew none of it was true. And I'm not going to dignify that with a response. You go get right and then tomorrow we'll talk and we're going to pray. And the next day, we call, I called him, we talked, we prayed, and he's back on top. See, sometimes we've got to understand that sin can bring us down, but we can't let it keep us down. You can't let it keep you in a state of, of, of not having power. You can't keep it, keep it, keep you in a state of depression, discouragement, being upset, being busted, you know, all of these things. You've got to rise above that. In Romans 8, verse 11, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's me. It dwells in me, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are, under, uh, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. We live by the spirit of God. And in Ephesians 1 verse 19, it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else. Not only in the world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. Church, it's for our benefit. Mm. Verse 23, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. It's the power, first of all, if you look back in verse 19, God's power for us who believe him. Do you believe? Do you believe? I believe. I believe. It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And he's put Christ as the authority over all the church. And because of that, and we are his body and he is the head, all things are under my feet, including sin. I don't have to go sin. If the enemy has ever told you, oh, well, it's impossible not to sin in, in a day. You know, you think a little thought and then you're sin. That's baloney. 
You do not have to give in to any temptation, any thought of the enemy. You are powerful enough because of what's the spirit of God inside of you to resist every single temptation that comes your way. That's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Oh, I can't go a week without sinning. Number three, the power of the resurrection is a conquering power. So we can conquer sin. We can conquer fear. How many has ever dealt with fear in your life? I have. I can conquer fear. I can conquer doubt and unbelief. I can conquer unruly emotions. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Because, you know, we get tempted. We do something. We do it. We get angry. We get this. We get upset, discouraged, whatever it is. These emotions start popping up. And we just let them get out. We just give in and let them get out of control. Look, our emotions is good because it tells you where you're at. God gave you your emotions. The emotions that you feel when you start to feel angry or this or that, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It tells you where you're at. And it's an indicator of what's going on. And then you need to deal with it right then and there. You conquer it through the power of the resurrection. You conquer it by believing that I am the head, I am not the tail. See, it says, do you believe? Do we believe? To conquer these things, you've got to have that power of the resurrection working in your lives. We've got to be able to release the power of God that's already been given to us. Remember, the power of the resurrection is a gift. See, you've already got it inside. If you've given your heart over to Christ, you have that power. You just have to release it. You just have to release it. Too many Christians, church, too many Christians live busted, defeated, powerless. They give in to every single thing. Well, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting by. I'm getting by. Church, God didn't call you to get by. He didn't call me to get by. He didn't go to the cross so we could just get by. He went to the cross and he rose again so that you and I could walk in a power and have life and life abundantly. In him I move and I have my being. I have life because of him going to the cross and being raised. So I put myself down. I'm raised with him. I'm seated in heavenly places. I don't have to be busted. I don't have to just get by. When a circumstance is coming my way, when something's negative coming my way, church, I speak to it. I'm not putting up with it because the power that's in me, I know who lives inside of me. I know who I serve. He's the ruler. See, we read it. He's the ruler that's above everything in this world and the world to come. He's the supreme one. You can't measure his power. And because I serve him, I can walk in that same power. I can do that. Now you may think, oh, well, TJ, you're crazy. That's all right. I'll be happy. And I will walk in that power. And you don't have to. It's okay. God put us all here with a free choice. Church, I want to be honest, be real. You know, I've talked to so many people, they just don't believe in God. They're great people. They're good people. And then they're doing good one day and they're doing horrible the next. They're doing good one day, the horrible the next. It's like a huge roller coaster. I got off that roller coaster a long time ago. Homie, don't play that. Amen. I don't want to do that. Look, that's, that's what you need to do. Some of y'all remember that. 
That's what we need to do to the enemy. Because we put up with it. How many, how many can identify with that? I, I mean, you know, and then one man, maybe you say like, oh, I got, I, I'm pumped up Sunday morning. I'm pumped up. I did it. I came to the altar. I prayed. Pastor and Brother Landy laid hands on me. Woo, hallelujah. And it's Monday and you're doing great. Wednesday, you done forgot it all. How you doing? I'm, I'm just getting by. You wouldn't believe what happened. God hasn't called us to, it's every day. That's why he said, take up your cross, deny yourself daily and follow him. Look, following him doesn't look like your lipstick and like this. That's not what following him looks like. Following him looks like, hey, it's a good day. I can wake up in the morning because I, and I can have joy because I know my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's all good. This is just a temporary situation. Anyhow, look, whatever you got to do, amen. Just write down the, some of the promises of God. Stand on it. It feels so good to look at a promise of God and stand on it. I don't, I mean, look, there's stuff going on. I get it. We get stressed. This happens. That happens. But we do not have to walk powerless. Why do so many Christians walk powerless? Look at this in Hebrews 11, chapter 39. Now, this is the faith chapter. We got the heroes of faith, all these things. Abraham. I mean, you, you, there's the list. And he, and he's listing, the writer of Hebrews, he's listing all these things and what they did and how they did. And here's what he said. And all these, in verse 39, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. See, yeah, I mean, they saw, they, look, they walked, but see, they didn't see the promise. What was the promise? Verse 40, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. See, the heroes of faith mentioned in chapter 11, they obtained promises in the sense that they saw the fulfillment of some of God's promises to them. However, none of them experienced the promise. See, that's what you and I have. We have the promise because it has already taken place. Christ has already gone to the cross. He is already raised again. What he's talking about here, the promise of the new covenant. See, I walk in a new covenant. I don't have to walk in the old covenant. The old covenant with the law. I have grace now. Grace has empowered me. Now I can speak to that thing and that mountain and it shall be moved. Now I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If I take up any deadly thing, it will not harm me. I have the blood of Jesus that protects me. See, because of the new covenant, it's a different world. From where we come from. I don't know why all these things keep coming to my head. Mm. There's something better for us. It's the new covenant. Hebrews 12, verse 1. See, we keep reading. I'm about to let you go. Don't worry. You'll get your Easter ham on time. Therefore, see, this is a continuation from chapter 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. Church, he just explained why so many people are busted, living, defeated lives. They don't lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. That clings so closely. Let us run with endurance 
the race that is set before us. See, the therefore is a continuation from 11. So he's saying, therefore, since you have entered this new covenant, since Christ has died on the cross and raised again, since you have the power of the resurrection in your life, don't be weighed down with anything. Have the joy of the Lord that I have promised you. Stand victorious over all the wiles of the enemy. When he throws this dart, that dart, they're like pebbles that just kind of bounce off. Oh, hey, that's what you were trying to do. Step all over it. Let your heel bruise the forehead of the enemy and walk in the power of the resurrection. The new covenant, you have the promise. See, we don't have to walk the way we walked before. We don't have to do that. Here's the other part. Verse 2. It continues on. I want to encourage you to read even more after today in Hebrews 12. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne. The word looking in the Greek means to turn the eyes from the other things and fix them on something. Metaphorically, to behold in the mind, to fix the mind upon This is a metaphor. It's not because you don't actually see with your natural eyes, Jesus. What he's saying is fix your gaze. Get your thoughts in the right direction. The battlefield is your mind. That's why I need the word of God. And so when this thought comes, that thought comes, I can cast it down. I can take that thought into captivity. And I don't have to live that way, the way the thought's saying I have to live. I live the way what the word says about me. I don't care what the enemy's saying. I just care about what God says. All I've got to do is fix my gaze, fix my attention, fix my thoughts upon him. And therefore, as it continued on, remember, therefore, I know I am in the new covenant and there is nothing that can harm me. That's it. That's it. Nothing. Let's all stand. I told you I would get you to that ham on time. Mm, followers of Jesus. Come on, followers of Jesus. Yes, we celebrate today because there's tremendous power in the resurrection. It's a power that's meant for a firsthand experience. There is power, power, wonderful power. You know, our hymns, they sang about that power. We sang this morning how the grave couldn't hold him back. The grave couldn't hold it. Mm, I love that. Jesus robbed the grave. See, the thing is, that phrase, oh, this is so good. Jesus robbed the grave. He, he, he took back. Are you hearing me? See, we can take back what the enemy stole. If the, if the enemy has robbed your peace, let's get it back. If the enemy has robbed you of your family, let's get it back. A- amen. If the enemy has robbed you, bad, bad stuff, you, you know, things and other circumstances, and you know the enemy was involved in, how many know when the enemy's involved? Sometimes, you know, we're our number one worst enemy. We really are. Number two is the enemy. We beat our own selves up. But sometimes we do get attacked by the enemy. 
And we can take back all the things that he's stolen. And if we robbed ourselves, we can get that back too. By the grace of God. If we've messed it all up, the scripture says you don't have to live in that condemnation. You can walk in a freedom that Christ has given you. You don't have to let, you, let all those thoughts beat you up. Well, if I had done it this way, if I had done it that way, if, 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 that's what I think. Forget the ifs. Let's throw the ifs out. We don't need the ifs. All we need is the power of the resurrection working in my life today. Today. And as it's working and moving in my life today, I'm going to continue the next morning when I wake up on Monday and on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every day of the week, I'm going to live and move and have my being in him. This morning, if there was something that hit you like, you know what? I have been putting up with that sickness. You know what? I have been putting up with those thoughts. I have been putting up with all that discouraging thought. I've been putting up with what the enemy's been telling me. I've been, I've been putting up with that insecurity. You don't have to anymore. This moment, this time, you can make a stand. Put your foot in the sand, so to speak. Let's just pretend we're at the beach, right? We'll put our foot in the sand. And we're going to make a stand. And let the power of the resurrection work in our life today, right now. How many want to agree with me? Okay, that sounds good. Keep those hands up. Let's pray. Father, right now, Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, it's Easter. Lord, it's resurrection day. And Father, Lord, we celebrate your resurrection today, but not just today, every day. And Lord, we thank you for what you did, how you went to the cross. You shed your blood and there is power in your blood. There is wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. And Lord, I thank you. You didn't stay dead. You rose, Lord, and you rose. And Lord, I think just as Paul said, I want to know you. Lord, we count all the things we've done in comparison to you as rubbish. And right now we submit to you. And we say, we're not going to just submit to you today, but we're going to submit to you every day and your word. And we're going to stand on what your word says about me, Lord, because you said I'm the head. I'm not the tail. Lord, you said that my name is written in your book. So I'm in your family and I'm a son. I'm a daughter in the family of God. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I put out fear right now. I put fear under my feet. I put doubt. Whatever it is, church, speak to it right now by faith. Speak to it right now in the name of Jesus, don't leave here with your lips put together. Open your mouth right now and speak to it in the name of Jesus. I speak to fear. I speak to torment. I speak to discouragement. I speak to depression. I speak to the enemy that's got a hold of my kids. I speak to the enemy that's got a hold of my finances. I speak to the enemy that has come and bombarded me on a daily basis. And I say, get under my feet. I will no longer put up with you in the name of Jesus. I walk in a victory that I have never walked in before. I proclaim it and I say it this day now in the name of Jesus. I say that I will not be lazy. I will be in God's word. I will not be lazy. I will be on my knees in prayer. I say to the, to the enemy, you will no longer win. I am victorious in Jesus name. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Church, he's risen. He has risen. He has risen. That power is in you. Glory to God. God, I thank you for your power. I thank you for 
your resurrection power working in my life. Lord, this day and every day forward in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good.